Hello there, everyone. Thanks for watching. Get yourself in here now. We're going to gather around the Word of God in Luke chapter 5. I want to pray for you here in just a second uh, as we get started, but we want God to speak to us and, and teach us His Word, and let us just trust Him to do that right now. Heavenly Father, thank you for every precious heart that's watching. There's no way in the world, God, that I can know their circumstance but you do, and I ask God that they would just fling open the door of who they are and grant you absolute unrestricted access to everything in their life. I pray that souls would be saved. I pray that your church would be revived and that we as your people, God, would draw near to you and you would draw near to us. For the hope of our country, I think right now more so than any other time in my lifetime, is a true spiritual awakening and a revival of your people. So God, we're trusting you in Jesus' name. Thank you for being there. Thank you for praying for us. I realize that many of you may be struggling, hurting. If you are, please cast your care upon him. He cares for you. Don't give up. Don't give out. Don't give in. Quit looking down and looking around and look up. And I promise you, when your eyes meet the eyes of Christ, there will be a connection that will change the rest of your life. Let's worship God together. The choir is going to sing, Here I Am to Worship. We just invite everyone to stand with us on this song this morning and just lift up your worship and your praise to Him because that's what we're here to do today. Worship Him in spirit and in truth. With all our voices lifted. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me
wonderful to worship God with you via television. I hope you can sense and feel the precious Holy Spirit uh, right there that you're in the presence of the Lord, knowing that if we're saved by His grace, we have His presence within us and how true it is. He said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. And I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Isaiah 41.10, Fear thou not, God says, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, I am thy God. Yea, I will help thee, yea, I will strengthen thee, and yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Chapter 43, he declares, when you walk through the waters, they won't overflow you through the fire. The flame will not burn you for I'm right there with you. I've bought you with the price. You are mine. You are a purchased peculiar person, unique. So don't let the devil beat you down as God lifts you up and allows you and me both to learn more about him. That's what we do here on the Focus of Freedom. We just look into the pure word of God. For the last three weeks, we've been in Luke chapter 5, the opening verses, and we're going to go back to there. Uh, so if you, where you can, uh, have your Bible open. We introduced this story here, verse 1, verse 2. Uh, Jesus goes down there to the shore of the Sea of Galilee. There's two ships uh, uh, sitting on the shore. And the fishermen had gone out of them. They were hanging and cleaning their nets. They had toiled all night the, the night before, hadn't taken anything. So they were physically weary. They were mentally frustrated, probably a little emotionally aggravated, especially old Peter, if you're a Bible student and you know how he was when he was on this earth. So there they were. And having met the Lord previously, now they're going to get to know him in a lot different ways this day. And he walks in the midst of that scenario and he tells Peter, and, and crowds of people were coming there to hear him. And he tells Peter, put your boat off out just a little bit from shore. And Jesus steps up into Simon Peter's boat literally making Peter's little Galilean fishing boat a platform for the creator of all that is, the same voice that cried in the beginning, let there be light, now teaches about himself to all those folks. And Peter had a ringside seat, man. He is right there in the boat with, with Jesus. And when Jesus finished teaching and the people left, Jesus looks down at Peter and says, let's go out into deep water. They got out there and Jesus asked him a question and it's verse uh, four. He said, uh, let down your nets for a draft of fishes. Let down your nets. They're out there in the deep, a little progressive growth, and now he asked Peter to do something that Peter knew professionally was probably not a good idea. But as we learn from the prophecy of Isaiah, God's ways aren't our ways. His mind is not our mind. He is above us. He has no equal, much less a superior. To obey is better than sacrifice, to hearken than the fat of rams. And Peter reached out after putting up a 
bit of a, a resistance. He said, Master, a superficial term, recognized him to be a teacher. Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Now, I can imagine Peter in his natural mind getting ready to tell Jesus a lot more and probably thinking, I'm going to teach this man something. <laughs> he can teach us everything. We can't teach him anything. Do you understand that? That's the essence of humility. But he said, nevertheless, he put the brakes on his natural mind and tapped the accelerator of the spiritual mind. At thy word, I will. How many times has it been said, obedience to him will bring omnipotence from him and we can realize and enrich who we are in our partnership with him and then expand what we do within our partnership with him. I don't think we fully understand as Christian Americans who we really are in God. We are one with him, one with Christ through the six chapters of Ephesians. And dear viewer, if you're one with Christ, saved by His grace, and I'm one with Christ, saved by His grace, then as Paul tried to drive home to the hearts of the Ephesians, we then are one with each other. When Peter gripped that, those nets and started pulling them up to throw them overboard, Jesus put His hands on those nets. Now we are in a whole different category. He's just not master over there somewhere. He's Lord right in my heart and he's my friend and he's my partner in, in, the, in the avenues of my life when they had this done in verse 5 or in verse 6. Nevertheless, Jesus, Peter said in verse 5, Nevertheless, at thy word I will, just obey the word of God and do it, not just hearers, but doers of the word. When they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. Isn't that amazing? Jesus made what was Peter's his. <laughs> because Peter made what was his the property of Jesus. <laughs> Oh my, you get that oneness down with Jesus. The capability is amazing. The possibilities are endless. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And they, when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes in their net break. Can you imagine? Like we said last week, Peter could throw out the net in the, at the wrong time of day. It wasn't what he thought they should be doing, but it was what Jesus said they ought to be doing. And Jesus, being creator of all that is, summons the fish. In other words, Peter did what he could do, and Jesus did what Peter could never do. Now, Peter was well accomplished as a fisherman. He knew what time to go. He knew the positions of the lake. He knew everything. And he was a tremendous, tremendously talented professional fisherman. But Jesus is teaching him. Here's the teaching. 
and the learning. Learn of me. The Holy Spirit, when he's in, in you, he will teach you all things. Now Peter's going to learn an invaluable lesson that he could not learn within himself. He could only learn beyond himself. So the crucifixion celebrated every day provides death to the old self and the resurrection promotes and perpetuate, perpetuates Holy Spirit power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power that created all that is, is in us if we could just unlock it and let, it be, and let that power become functional and operative like Peter is learning now. So here comes the fish, the they're, you know, plural possessive. <laughs> Praise God, there's oneness. Though so they beckon to their partners again. Jesus is recognizing James and John. He just doesn't want to recognize Peter. He recognizes James and John too. He just doesn't want to bless this denomination. If that denomination is saved, he wants to bless all of his people who are saved. I think it would be a good idea just to drop all the denominational name tags and lift up the name of Christ and we would have a revival in the church and a restoration in the country like we've never seen in our lifetimes. So they, they were in the other ship that they should come and help them. Everybody laboring together. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. I'm going to flip over here and read you. I can quote it, but I want to read it to you. It's from Mark chapter 9, verse 38. And John answered Jesus and said, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and he followed not us. And we forbade him because he followed not us. And Jesus said, Forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. What an attitude of John. We're the only ones that know how it's done. No, you're not, John. You got a limited view of your Lord because if he can use you, he can use this fella or this girl over here too if they're faithful unto him. John ought to rejoice because a devil come out of somebody, but he wasn't rejoicing because a devil come out of somebody. He was aggravated because the guy that cast the devil out didn't do it exactly to specs according to the way John had been doing things. Does that sound familiar? All too familiar, I'm afraid. So we're one now together. We're partners with each other, partners with the Lord. 1 Corinthians 3, laboring together with the Lord. Laboring together with Him. When He puts His hands on something, they ain't nothing impossible, but that something is not just probable, but it's going to happen when the power of the Lord Jesus, who conquered death, hell, and the grave, sin, and Satan, actually labors for us all the time as our great high priest. Well, He wants not just to be our our Savior, our Lord, our God, our priest, our King. There is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. 
And if you want a friend, be friendly. Jesus has offered friendliness a thousand million times. How many times do we offer friendliness back to him? So that the friendship within the relationship that he created by his own grace and ushered in sons and daughters into the family of God. It's our fellowship with him and our partnership with him that enhances and enriches the relationship of Christ and followers of Christ that makes that relationship the most valuable relationship in of all of our relationships as a human being. So this miracle happens. They get back to shore. Simon Peter sees it in verse 8, falls down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. He goes from saying, Master, we've toiled all night till I'm a sinful man, O Lord. I've never experienced anything like this. I have never seen anything like this. Your presence is amazing. Your voice is astounding. Your abilities is beyond anything that I've ever seen. I was raised a boy on this lake. I've fished it all my life. I've never been out there in the middle of the day like this to see anything. Our best day of successful fishing pales in comparison to what's just happened. James, John, Peter, all in agreement. Our best day is nothing compared to what's just happened now. Experience, encounters, they're realities. I know they don't make us Christians, but they are a result of true Bible-based Christianity. Depart from me, I'm a sinful man, O oh Lord. He was astonished at all, and all that were with him at the draft of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. Now, those three boys have got a fourth partner. <laughs> and he's going to let them in. They let him into their business. Now he's getting them into his business. And now 2,000 years later, we as God's people are partners with God in the greatest business in the universe, the business of the church, getting the gospel of Christ to a lost and a dying world. What, what Paul said in Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, to the richest, to the poorest, and everyone in between. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Well, they hear Jesus say this. Fear not. From henceforth thou shalt catch men. We're in the business, God's people, of getting the gospel to a lost world. Of seeing souls saved. Only Jesus can save a soul. That's absolutely right. But like in Romans 10, how can they hear without a preacher? How can they preach except they be sent? So Mark 16, 15, Go ye therefore into all the world. All the world includes the homeless in our cities, the poorest among us, 
Every race, every creed, every color, everybody, everywhere is a recipient of the love of God. Christ died on the cross for everyone everywhere. And His precious blood is able to cleanse us from all sin. The love of God is eternal, universal, and unconditional. Not just loving the lovable, but we as followers of Christ are to love even the unlovable. Not just to pray for our faith family, but even to pray for our enemies and pray for those who spitefully use us. Being partners with Him, the disciples went everywhere. cost them their lives. It surely did. But now 2,000 years later, one of the greatest concepts that we will ever learn as a child of God is to know that we have the unction, the power, the authority, and the wherewithal to serve God. Jesus said the greatest of all is the servant of all. Galatians 4 plainly says, absolutely, we are family, the family of faith through Christ. We're the sons and the daughters of the Most High God. We are inheritance. Of, we have the inheritance of the saints in life. We're heirs with God and joint heirs with Christ. So the salvation that we're talking about sanctifies, but it also satisfies. The Lord's my shepherd, Psalms 23.1. I shall not want. He is with us. Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I think we need to stop working so hard in ourselves for God and just surrender to His will, submit ourselves to His work, and allow Him to do the work through us and with us. Henceforth you will catch men. Now here we conclude with verse 11. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Repentance and conversion is a 180 degrees, a 180 degree turn. Going east, now we're going west. We we're going to hell, now we're going to heaven as a child of God. But we can never turn around to the flesh or the rudiments of the natural mind because to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Like we said last week, you that visit and try to win souls, when you knock on that physical door, be praying that God would knock on the door of the soul. And he will do the convicting if we will just do the inviting. It boils down to this, like we said last week, God expects me to do what I can. Absolutely. He's not, like I've said for decades, God is not some cosmic sugar daddy that I can just snap my finger and get anything I want. He is a holy, righteous father. He'll chasten me when I slip, but he'll always lift me up and pick me up when I fall. But he expects obedience and he expects participation. <laughs> and he expects me not just to be a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. And the more I give to him, I make more room in my life to receive from him. To, 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 to give is more blessed to receive because when I'm receiving, I'm stacking up stuff. But when I'm giving, I'm emptying out room so he can put more grace, more power, more joy, 
and use me and use you for the glory of his grace. And no greater glory than to see souls saved. Fishing for the souls of men. And we go fishing after we forsake the totality of our old human Adam spirit by recognizing we died with Christ on the cross, but a new person arose with him at the resurrection. And when he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, he still had us in his heart. So now we're seated together with him in the heavenlies. Saved from this world, absolutely yes, but then turned around and sent back into this world with the greatest news that could ever be told the gospel of the Son of God. They forsook all and followed Him. Heavenly Father, seal Your Word within our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, amen. As always, it's been a joy to be with you today just to share the Word of God that the lost may be saved and the saved may be sanctified and be able to serve our Lord together more effectively. We appreciate you being there. We really do. Now, till this same time next week, may God bless you richly. Then may he use you for his glory and to be a real blessing to someone else. I have the privilege of pastoring and being the director of Freedom Tabernacle Baptist Church and Freedom Tabernacle Ministries in Atkins, Virginia. And we are going to get to know one another a lot better through the weeks and months to come. It's my prayer. But right now, you can join us on our Facebook page, Freedom Tabernacle Ministries, Atkins, Virginia, or our YouTube channel, Focus of Freedom, Atkins, Virginia, our website, ftministries.org, or you can download our app, the Freedom Tabernacle app. Download it for free from any app store and we can stay in contact that way as we labor together with our Lord for His glory and for the advancement of His glorious gospel of grace.